before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, wow, we have a lot of things to cover today. Every day I come up and I have all these um, audio uh, clips that I want to get into um, a globalism uh, presentation and you know, because we cover it so much, you know, I save that sort of like if I have time at the end, I'll do it. And uh, every time I produce one of these shows, which is every day, um, I end up with more than an hour before I ever get to the um, the thing I've actually been wanting to cover for like a long time, you know, and get back into that. Um, because I have some really great audio reminders things that you know need to be heard and and uh reminded you know that's why we go to church a lot you know we we want to be reminded of the good things in life you know we want to be reminded of um of our goals and you now that's why we have coaches life coaches that's why we have our our faith you know we want to be constantly reminded and never forget you know the things that are important in life and uh, keep her eye on the prize. Keep her eye on the ball. Stay on mission. Stay focused. Stay vigilant. You know, we're in a war, folks. And I know you know that. We're in a cultural war. We're in a war of disinformation. We're in a war of theft and inflation, which are the same thing, where our money is being ill-spent it's being laundered. It's being uh, corrupt. It's corrupting our politicians. And nobody's doing anything about the corporate donor base, the corporate donor class. You know, um, John McCain's manager, the guy from the Lincoln Project, that Schmidt guy, um, basically said that we got to protect the, the corporate donor class. Uh, somebody's going to have to, you know, put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's said it all. 
Greta Thunberg said something to the effect, you know, in order to protect the world, you got to save the banks. I mean, you know, that's just stupid stuff, right? That's stupid talk. But, um, um, so we have a lot of things we want to cover. I uh, just saw this thing trending. It says the Department of Homeland Security and CISA created a Stanford University disinformation group that censored Americans' speech on Twitter 1.0 before the 2020 election, according to Jim Jordan and Judiciary GOP's Weaponization Committee. This is a big deal, folks. The individuals that were targeted were Donald Trump and a whole bunch of other um, influencers that that were on, you know, making a difference and censored. And we lived through it. We know it. And uh, so this is this is the kind of, and I know I've been censored because I say things. I don't have. Uh, I'm not bound by a lot of big corporate donor money. So, you know, we rely a lot on donations. And uh, that's why, you know, I'm not beholden to anybody. You know, if someone, if someone, if some Chinese firm came and offered me uh, $10 million to carry a narrative, <laughs> that'd be a tough, damn, what would I do? You know, I'd try to figure out a way to to be true and also keep a huge client. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm saying that a lot of people go to Washington with good intentions. And for one reason or another, whether it's coercion, like we're going to arrest your whole family, whether it's uh making stupid mistakes by honey traps and 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 being set up. Uh I just saw this um story in preparing for the show today about these hotels that are set up and they have these cameras for human trafficking. And they're getting um, politicians uh, who are doing things they shouldn't be doing on camera. You know, they did this in The Godfather. I think it was Godfather 2 out in Vegas when they wanted to corrupt that politician that was was extorting the, ma- the, the Corleone crime family. And the Corleone family said, I'm not even going to pay you the $20,000 for the licensing fee. So... He said, ah, and the guy laughed his way out of the room. Next thing you know, he winds up passed out in a uh, brothel with a dead girl. And, of course, you know, that was all probably set up. Who knows? It was a movie. But, you know, truth is stranger than fiction sometimes, right? So we got a lot of stories we want to cover. We're going to go really fast today. We're going to go rapid fire today because... uh, I got three big stories I want to cover before I get to my uh, globalist presentation there. And and I have a lot of stuff on climate and a lot of stuff on CBDCs and things like that. Because that's what all this is about. All of this is about control. All of this is about theft of your money, control of your food, control of your money, control of your population. Your, your mobility, control of your energy, and they're crushing you financially. Housing is no longer affordable. Uh, rents still are going up. Inflation is still going up. People are making more per salary 
And the whole, I saw this another chart that said, we have now surpassed pre-COVID error with regard to people working double jobs. And when you take a look at uh, inflation and uh, what it costs to buy groceries and, and what it costs to get put gas in your car and and with the interest rates on housing, the housing market. Um, and then you're seeing these, the scarier part is Citibank and a whole bunch of other banks are laying off 50% of their employees. I saw one report, 50%. I saw another that was like tens of thousands of people being laid off. Citicorp is one of them that was mentioned. A lot of other big banks, the Bank of America is struggling. All these big banks, the regional banks are going to be gobbled up, just like Silicon Valley Bank and a whole bunch of other banks. But it's getting to the point where even the big banks, and at some point, these big investors like Blackstone, not BlackRock, but Blackstone buying up all this real estate, as part of their portfolio, are going to release this these properties into the market, it's going to crush housing prices, especially for, you know, cash buyers who come with a wad of cash and aren't concerned about the interest rates because they have $500,000 they could drop on a $500,000 house. And there it is. Boom. They got the $500,000 house for half price because the they factor always factor in the 30-year interest rate. And at 8%, that means that <clears throat> housing prices are going to have to, you know, right now the the uh, the markets in the housing markets are are in a tidal shift. And I know this from from my kayaking days. I, I'm an avid kayaker, sea kayaker. And I used to kayak when I lived in New York City, I I used to kayak around the East River, around Manhattan, East River, the Hudson River, mostly in the Hudson River. And I would go out into New York Harbor with my kayak. And they had this thing back in the day. This was almost before the internet, but around the time when the internet was happening, they had this thing called the Eldridge Tidal Guide. Anybody who lives in New York that knows the waters knows that the tide ebbs and flows every six hours. And the currents can get really fast when the currents are at the high tide. And when they're shifting, that's when you get a lot of uh, water, choppy water, because the water's going up north, and it's going south, and it's smashing into each other. And just like clockwork, built on around the, the magnetic pool of the moon, these tides occur. And if you get your kayak into the wrong tide, you'll be drifted out to the New York Harbor with no chance of getting back until the tide shifts. You'll be waiting for in your kayak for four hours. I know because that happened to me. But let's get back to business, okay? Let's get down to, to, to brass tacks here. Donald Trump was in New York City, and man, oh man, Shevitz, I never saw Alina Haba so angry. So we have an audio clip from Melina Haba that, whew, off the charts. And then we had Trump comment. I mean, basically this wacko judge who posts half naked online. Yeah, you didn't hear that one, did you? That's a new one. This judge said 
this judge, Arthur Engeron, saw pictures of him flexing, posting. He works out like every day. He's got like zero body fat. He's a skinny little raunt. I like to get my hands around his neck. But, um, you know, and not hurt him, you know, not hurt him, but just throw him. Throw him a little bit. Throw him around a little bit. But uh, it says, no, I'm not here to hear what President Trump has to say. I'm not here to hear. I'm not here to hear what you have to say. Is what he said to Alina Haba and Donald Trump. He will eventually be investigated and have his day in court, and I hope he gets the same treatment. And this is uh, Engeron. This guy is a corrupt judge, a radical left-wing lunatic, and just a scumbag. So chaos breaks out between former President Trump and left-wing judge Arthur Engeron, the guy who posts half-naked online, flexing his muscles because he's so proud of his body like Anthony Weiner. Judge in New York. And Letitia James is a piece of work, a racist. As they traded shots in the courtroom while Trump was testifying in Letitia James' politically charged lawsuit against him. So Engeron was frustrated that Trump was giving long answers when being questioned by lawyer Kevin Wallace. Please just answer the questions. No speeches, Engeron whined. When asked about the involvement with financial statements, Trump said it was so long ago, but well, beyond the statute of limitations for anyone else, uh, well beyond the statute of limitations for anyone else, but not me because I'm sure the judge will rule against me. Engeron shot back, asking if this quote was necessary, necessary part of the narrative. You can attack me as much as you want, but please answer the question, Engeron said. On the values of his properties, Trump said, values are far bigger than what's on the statements. I thought 40 Wall Street Doral was underestimated considerably more, uh, considerably more valuable. Trump then blasted Engeron for the low value he placed on his Mar-a-Lago property of $18 million. I was just at Mar-a-Lago about 10 days ago. Everybody was laughing about that. You just have to be there to see it. The thing is just absolutely beautiful. And what Alina Hava said weeks ago is as soon as you put the Trump name on a building, it changes the value of the building. For better or for worse, some people don't want to stay there if you put the Trump name on there. Some people do. And I guarantee you, if you look at the latest polls, more people do than don't. So take that and smoke it. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. So you can attack me as much as you want, but please answer the questions, Angora said. So then they're fighting back and forth on the values of his properties, Trump said, that these were undervalued, according to the judge, and over they were they were. Um, but the judge ruled against me. So he says the most valuable asset was the brand asset, but I didn't put it on the statement. So Engeron then asked Trump's lawyer, "Can you control your client? This is not a political rally. This is a courtroom." So chaos then ensued between Trump, his lawyer, and the judge. See, because there's no, there's no jury. If there was a jury there, the jury would look at the judge and say, what the hell are you doing, judge? 
hold them accountable. But, you know, and the judge would be held accountable because they would see that the judge is biased and, and a libtard. But, and they would see that Trump is actually fighting for his, his case, not his life, because this is a civil case. They should try to ask better questions, Trump's lawyer said in regards to the Wallace's, Wallace questions. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. He goes into speeches, is what he said. So then, this is a very, very unfair trial, and I hope the public is watching Trump. So let's take a listen to what Trump had to say. Then we're going to listen to Lena Habba. Man, she was on fire yesterday. But let's take a listen. I'm down here, and these are all political opponent attack ads by the Biden administration. Their poll numbers are terrible. You saw what happened today. The New York Times and CBS came out with a poll that I'm leading all over the place. But uh, it's a very unfair situation. This is really election interference. It's all over. This trial is ridiculous. The numbers are much greater than on the financial statement. And we've already proven that. They said mar a is worth $18 million. mar a is worth anywhere from probably 50 to 100 times more than that. And it's a terrible, terrible thing. These are political operatives that I'm going to be dealing with right now. Uh, you have a racist attorney general who made some terrible statements, and you see some more that came over the wires today. Uh, it's a very sad situation for our country. We shouldn't have this. This is for third world countries. And you know, it's very unfair. It's very unfair. But in the meantime, the people of the country understand it, they see it, and they don't like it. They don't like it. Because- well, you know, and I think that he's right. I think that this is really helping Trump uh, in more ways than one. You know, remember how Trump just so smartly uh, used COVID? He knew that COVID was an attack on his economy, attack on his legacy, and probably a bioweapon that was designed to disrupt the election, which it did. And to usurp power from the middle class, which it did, and to empower pharmaceutical companies. And consequently, after you enrich the pharmaceutical companies, you then enrich the politicians that uh, handle, you know, and FDA officials that handle regulations. And, and then, and other politicians like Fauci and all of his crew getting these so called royalties, right? And so all this money. And all this control and all this usurping of power of the middle class is exactly what the globalists want, the deep state wants. And so COVID was a bioweapon that worked perfectly. They even trial tested it in October with the 201 event, 201 event financed by Bill Gates. Now you got Bill Gates in Kenya working out a prototype in a pilot program for digital currency. They don't want anything to do with Bill Gates. So you can go on and on with this stuff. And you got to ask the question, why? Why are they doing it? Of course, why is HHS hiring Stanford Group to, to censor influencers on the conservative side of things? In the last bastion of truth or the front, last frontier, why are they meddling in social media? Because nobody's listening to legacy media anymore. 
Yeah, that's right. I called it legacy, not uh, not mainstream, not corporate, big corporate media. Because you know, BlackRock is going down. Like I say, Blackstone overleveraged in the housing market. That's a subsidiary. It's not really even. I don't even know if they're connected, but it sounds like they are. But that I know that these big money companies. I mean, these big these big real estate commer, real estate companies, and I don't want to say commercial. There are big commercial real estate companies that are going under. But there's big commercial companies that are buying up real estate markets. And they're going under now. They're going to go under. And then the banks are going to go under. And then the job market's going to be in a recession. And we're, we're, it's just a matter of time. We, there's only so much money you can print before you become Venezuela. And that's exactly what it's about. It's about, you know, basically printing up money and making it almost worthless, like toothpicks. Toothpicks instead of lumber. So the point is, is that BlackRock no longer is going to have the muscle because the whole world is conflating. And they're going to run out of steam. And then it's going to be like, well, now that you burned the house down to win power, what have you won? Was it worth it? Or why why couldn't you have just engaged in honest debates and let the ideas and the people rule and the people give the people the power? Why couldn't why wasn't that good enough? Why wasn't what our founding fathers Oh, because Obama said it wasn't? Because the founding fathers were flawed? Oh, that's why. Okay, got it. Because you hate the founding fathers. There's a bunch of racists, right? I mean, that's what it was all about. If we would have just stayed true to the blueprint that the founding fathers laid out for us and the people had the power, we wouldn't be in this predicament. But because the politicians thought they knew best and it was the liberal agenda that, uh, that was the path that allowed the usurping of power from the middle class and the destruction of our constitutional integrity, our civil liberties, and our, you know, and, and our equal justice. Because these things were under attack by liberals and it was greenlit in the corporate world by a bunch of Nazi relatives like Klaus Schwab, and pushed in advance through corporate dollars and politicians who sold out. We are here. And that's the problem. I mean, it, you, it's, it's happening right before our eyes. If they would have left well enough alone and gave power to the people, there would have been so much more harmony in the world because the people are so much more smart, so much smarter, so much smarter than the radical left-wing politicians. We're going to get into also today the manifesto that came out from the Nashville shooter. We're going to cover that today too. But let's listen to Lena Hava. This was really, really quite something. Coming from the judge who has already predetermined that my client committed fraud before we even walked into this courtroom. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. Then why exactly 
Am I being paid as an attorney? And why exactly are taxpayer dollars being used in this courtroom? The answer is very clear. Because Ms. James wants to stand right here like she did this morning and call my client a liar, call the company fraudulent, and make a name for herself. She said this morning that the numbers don't lie and they won't lie in this case. Well, Ms. James, I have a message for you. The numbers didn't lie when you ran for governor, and that's why you dropped out. And the numbers don't lie when President Trump runs for office in 2024. And those numbers are loud and clear. This country is falling apart. And if we don't stop corruption in courtrooms where attorneys are gagged, where attorneys are not allowed to say what they need to say to protect their clients' interests, it doesn't matter what your politics are. Everyone has a right in this country to get up and put a defense. I don't care who you are. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can put objections on the record. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can stand up and say something when they see something wrong. But I was told to sit down today. I was yelled at and I've had a judge who is unhinged slamming a table. Let me be very clear. I don't tolerate that in my life. I'm not going to tolerate it here. And you know what? You shouldn't either. Because not every American citizen gets a camera and a microphone. And what I'm seeing is such a demise of American judicial system and democracy. Miss James came out this morning and said that she knew Mr. Trump, and she always calls him Mr. Trump because it kills her that he was the president. But the 45th president of this country, one of the best presidents we've had, has built a great company. It's worth a ton more than that statement of financial condition. And she doesn't know how to get out of it because her politics won't allow her. She calls him a bully. She says he's going to bring out racial slurs. He's going to say things today and taunt her. Well, Miss James, you taunted him before you came into office, before you saw one record, one statement of financial condition. You taunted him. You said his administration was too male and too pale. Those are her words. Racist. She said that she and Michael Cohen were going to be his biggest nightmare. Where well, I have some news for you, Miss James. Michael Cohen folded, lied, and crumbled. Your star witness, along with all the DAs and corrupt AGs, need to be paying attention to what happens when you let us take the stand. When you let my client speak the truth and the judge can tell me to sit down and he can try and shorten my client's testimony, but it is loud and clear. They've got nothing. They've got nothing but their politics. She's got nothing but her Soros backing, which we discovered recently. And I am sick and tired of seeing it. Pay attention, America. Pay attention. Because when you're in court one of these days and you don't have a lawyer that has a microphone and you don't have a lawyer that can go on TV and you've got judges gagging them, what are you going to do? We need to fix this country and we need to stop what is happening in this courtroom. President Trump is worth a lot more and she wasn't ready for it. She doesn't understand it. And before she rushed to judgment, she should have thought about attacking somebody with over 50 years of real estate expertise who changed single-handedly the skyline of New York City. She picked the wrong person and her politics will fail for it.
Yeah, wow. And she answered questions after that. And uh, I got to tell you, man, it, it was unbelievable, the, that statement. And the thing is, is that uh, Letitia James is funded by Soros. And that is just, that that's something that's got to be looked into. That is threatening the sovereignty of our country right there. He's already already disrupted the the currency of the United Kingdom. I think he's banned in the United Kingdom. And, uh, you know, that's how he made his money. So here, um, we want to switch gears and go to the manifesto. Breaking, we now know why they were refusing to release this Nashville shooter manifesto. It doesn't fit the narrative. Audrey Hale, the transgender extremist child murderer, literally wrote, kill those kids, those crackers, going to fancy private schools with those fancy quackies and sports backpacks with their daddies, Mustangs and convertibles. F you little craps. I will. I wish you just... I wish to shoot you weak, uh, whatever, it's so foul. Want to kill all of you crackers. So this is a liberal uh, agenda right here, right? This is, wow, killed just for existing as white Christian school children. They were never planning to release this Nashville manifesto, by the way. And they kept it, uh, the media kept it like, Real secret. And um, so it says, when you read this manifesto, it says, you know that this poem would have gotten an A plus if she submitted her work to public school, to a public school English teacher. And that's a sad truth. That's the sad truth. Is that this, this, uh, this was hidden from the people because it didn't fit the narrative. And the biggest problem is, so it says here, Audrey Hale, the Nashville shooter, hated everything liberals taught her to hate. She hated her white race. She hated her female gender. She hated her Christian faith. She hated children with fathers. She hated, uh, she is the direct product of the Democrat agenda. No wonder the media tried to hide this. And then, you know, we have more. So the Colorado shooter identified as non-binary. The Denver shooter identified as trans. The Aberdeen shooter identified as trans. And the Nashville shooter, Audrey Hell, identified as trans. So this woke stuff is really messing up kids' heads. And it all started with the Obamas. It started with Michelle and Barack Obama. And then with Biden constantly using the false threat of white supremacy. Let's take a listen. And we won't ignore what our intelligence agency have determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today. White supremacy is terrorism. And white supremacists will not have the last word. And this venom and violence cannot be the story of our time. Enough of us have the guts and the hearts to stand up Stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. According to the United States intelligence community, domestic terrorism from white supremacists is the most lethal terrorist threat in the homeland. White supremacy is a poison. It's a poison 
running through it really is running through our body politics S- said the white supreme leader of the united states right and it's been allowed to fester and grow right in front of our eyes no more i mean no more that the ideology of white supremacy has no place in america <laughs> none so you know the thing is it's like it's like when um Corey T-Bone Booker and uh, Kamala Harris, when they were senators, said, you know, we're going to have to pass a bill uh, for anti-lynching bill because, you know, so many people are getting lynched in the streets. It's like, we already have a law on the books for, like, these gun legislation. We already have laws on the books for not shooting people, right? We already have laws on the books for not hanging people and burning them up in a tree. Like, there's a law against that, right? You, we're not allowed to lynch people, are we? And then all of a sudden, Jesse Smollett shows up wearing a timeout T-shirt, which is a T-shirt for a foundation that was owned by Michelle Obama's chief of staff, who is good friends with Rahm Emanuel's wife, a childhood friends. And all of a sudden, Jesse Smollett shows up in Chicago hanging himself by a noose uh, at three in the morning, right? I mean, come on. You know, they, they, they false flag these these attacks. It's so so ridiculous. It's the reason why they're going after Trump. But President Trump is steamrolling Biden in every swing state. Trump has never seen such good results from the mainstream media polling outfits. In fact, they underestimate Trump's support. Americans know how high the stakes are in 2024. Trump or bust. And the fact is, is that, like I say, Trump turned the COVID thing into an opportunity to have the COVID task force meetings every day. So much, they were so successful that the media stopped airing them because they're like, Trump's campaigning, Trump's, you know, benefiting from this. They wanted it to hurt Trump. And Trump somehow managed a way to, to find the fruit out of you know, to make lemonade out of lemon, right? And he did it. <coughs> and now he's showing up every day in this court. He doesn't have to. And I think it's great what he's doing, that, that he's turning this negative into a positive. I, I think that's brilliant. That's what he did with Kim Jong-un. That's what he did with the Paris Agreement, getting out of it. That's what he did with the Abraham Agreement, uh, in creating peace in the Middle East. That's what he did with knocking out ISIS overnight because they were just nothing but mercenaries guarding oil pipelines. They weren't a fighting force. And so on and so forth. I mean, he just called it what it is, right? So brutal in New York. In case you're not paying attention, Donald Trump has taken the stand. So, well, this is actually kind of a another report of the knockdown drag out interaction that happened in New York. We're not going to cover that. But we are going to cover this. Um, Letitia James, here's what she said here. Watch. In the heart of a Letitia James campaign event, one individual stands out. Hobo Judge Arthur Engeron's principal law clerk, Hobo Allison Judge. Greenfield, is in the front row taking pictures as the candidates bash President Trump. Greenfield's voice is audible, conveying criticism towards President Trump and his supporters. Greenfield can be heard expressing, Biden will be remembered as the greatest president ever. The video released shows close-up shots of Greenfield capturing the moment with her camera. So proud. 
that Joe Biden will be remembered as one of the most consequential and performance presidents in the United States. Inflation Reduction Act didn't work out so well, right? important election ever. It's true. That's right. We are engaged in an epic, maybe even generational fight. But it's not because they think Biden's so great. It's because they hate Trump so much. That's what this is about. Against an anti-democratic movement, a dangerous anti-democratic movement, which has taken over one of the major parties of this community. You're going to become a judge just because of that. I mean, right on, yeah. In June 2022, while the People versus Trump case was ongoing, Greenfield was observed actively campaigning with Congressman Jerry Nadler. As chair of the House Judiciary Committee, Nadler led the impeachment of President Trump. In 2022, Greenfield was also spotted engaging in campaign activities for Alvin Bragg. In a quote, she expressed her general support for Alvin Bragg's policies. I am generally very supportive of Alvin Bragg's policies. In June 2022, during the pendency of the People versus Trump case, videos depict Greenfield's presence at a political rally supporting Letitia James. Greenfield can be seen seated with a clipboard filled with signatures, actively involved in petitioning and campaigning for Letitia James. Is Greenfield passing instructions and directives from Letitia James, Jerry Nadler, and Chuck Schumer to hobo judge and corrupt Democrat Arthur Engeron? What other reason could there be for Hobo Judge Ingeron to issue a gag order on President Trump and President Trump's attorneys once this evidence emerged? Breaking in just the last hour, the judge in the case has issued an expanded gag order ruling that Trump's attorneys can no longer make any public statements in or out of court about communications between the judge, that's Judge Ingeron, and his staff. Greenfield is exerting influence on the trial's outcome in favor of Letitia James, Jerry Nadler, and Chuck Schumer. Hashtag justice for Trump. Hashtag Trump 2024. AttorneyAllisonGreenfield.com So, you remember, too, uh, it was uh, Chuck Schumer that uh, said the CIA, you know, the intelligence community will have six ways till Sunday to get back at you. So Todd with Trump wrote this. He says, you mean to tell me that they, a justice law clerk, the one that sits comfy and cozy next to the biased um, hobo judge, Ungaran, was fundraising for the Democratic Party while the case was pending? Her name is Allison Greenfield, and this was just uncovered. Raised, Raise your hand if you think... There should be a complete and immediate mistrial of this case. Of course there should. These are like the radical left-wing nut jobs that shoot up buildings, but they have law offices. Here, Here's another one. Watch and then tell me there is no election interference by Letitia James. Let's take a listen. Some, some, some. The president of the United States has complained that I'm engaging in some sort of political witch hunt, that I've got some personal vendetta against him, that I campaigned against him. That is not true. This illegitimate president who sits in the White House. That president, because he's not my president, he's an illegitimate president. His days are numbered. His days are numbered. We've got to get ready to mobilize, and we've got to get 
defeated. This is the DA, Letitia James, or AG. So I've never seen an AG or any kind of law uh, from the conservative side do that kind of thing. Never in my life have I ever seen that on the right. Not against anybody. And uh, it's just, you know, you're seeing this with not just Letitia James here, but the uh, woman in uh, the black woman in Fulton County. And it just, it's all reverse discrimination, racism, whatever you want to call it. Um, They're just ignorant racists. That's what they are. And, you know, they're, like I say, these bureaucrats are getting involved with, like, Homeland Security is censoring the conservative voices. The FBI is meddling in social media. I mean, how do you win elections when you have a government that you're that's being paid for by conservative tax dollars? Because mostly conservatives are working and paying taxes. And here it is, is you know, there's a ChatGBT. It's an AI tool, and it's gone woke. And they're going to use these AI tools as the foundation of truth, and they're going to rig it. So another big story that came out in the last 24 hours is this Grok, uh, Grook, I think they call it, Grook AI. It's, it's an extension of Twitter. So you know, like when you go and Google something, you now have an AI tool? Okay, but that's Google's algorithm. And ChatGBT is an open source, liberal Silicon Valley algorithm. And, and, uh, you know, what's interesting is now you're going to have another AI that's built on truth if you believe that Twitter is trying to be neutral and truthful. And it's called Grook, G-R-O-K, but I think it's pronounced Grook AI. But look it up, G-R-O-K AI on Twitter and embrace it because you're going to want to find the truth because the truth is what we need. Unlike the, say, the State Department, which is overrun by a bunch of liberal bureaucrats, we are focused on setting the condition for durable and sustainable peace and security. The United States continues to believe that the best viable path, the only viable path, is through a two-state solution in the Middle East, according to Secretary Blinken. And Amuse writes this, says, War, Palestine cannot be free as long as Hamas is in control of the government. Hamas will not accept a two-state solution, making peace impossible. Anyone who supports Palestine is supporting Hamas. Once Hamas is defeated and forced out of Gaza, peace will be possible, period. So it's pretty easy math, right? 
History teaches us lessons. When you're purposely deprived of history, you will never learn the lesson. The people who hid Anne Frank were breaking the law. The people who killed Anne Frank were following the law. The law is not a moral compass. That was a meme I wanted to share. Getting back to the shooter in Nashville and the manifesto. They got this meme. It says, who radicalized you? Of course, NBC, Fox News, CBS, CNN, BBC, MSNBC, ABC. And they say you did. And so um, basically um, the media radicalized these people. Again, though, the only people that are getting radicalized like that are weak-minded people. And they believe everything that they read in the mainstream media when they should be doing their own research. So you got all these other things, too, like BBC sacked me for being a white man even though I work in radio, the Now Show. Okay, there's another one that says, Boy 7 branded as racist for asking schoolmate, are you brown because you come from Africa? And another one was, Professor, I chose not to have children because they'd be white. This was a radical left-wing lunatic. Another headline, Time to Profile White Men. If I had a choice, I wouldn't be a whitey. The unbearable whiteness of the Letterman farewells. Let this truly be the end of show business error. Dear white America, your toxic masculinity is killing you. You know, all these headlines from all these different places. Harvard, abolish the white race. You know, um, America is getting less white and that will save it. The economic case for diversity. That was Newsweek. You know, so these are headlines that are just bombarding. These are being put out by DARPA, you know, by the government. They're designed to, you know, this is the same people that want to depopulate are pushing homosexual relationships. The same people that want to depopulate are pushing vaccines that sterilize you or or reduce fertility. The same people that want to depopulate want to control the food that we eat that is causing our sperm counts to go down. And these are all parts and ways of depopulation. It's all part of a globalist agenda. And it's in part where we go next. Um, and I just wanted to play this one. <laughs> this is just a scratch in the surface of what I have to play. But this is the depopulation portion of the second show. <laughs> Listen to this. So in the session we just attended here at the Economic Forum, I think there was a sense of relief, actually, in your frankness. Um, you brought up some issues that, that others are related to That's my to trouble. World Economic Forum. <laughs> World Economic Forum. All the religious groups are against me because I'm talking about population. They want more souls. I want less on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> they want more. I want less people on the planet. We cannot hide away from human population growth because this is you know, Jane Goodall. so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there, were, if there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. We cannot... Upper quarter, and the answer is that until We've all we heard get this one. near to zero, 
the temperature will continue to rise. And so that's, that's a big challenge. It's very different than saying, you know, we're a 12 foot high truck trying to get under a 10 foot bridge and we can just sort of squeeze under. This is something that has to get to zero. Now we put out a lot of carbon dioxide Net every zero year. zero would kill us all, uh, by the way. Over 26 billion tons. Uh, for each American, it's about 20 tons. Uh, for people in poor countries, it's less than one ton. It's an average about five tons for everyone on the planet. And somehow we have to make changes that will bring that down to zero. It's been constantly going up. It's only various economic changes that have even flattened it at all. So we have to go from rapidly rising to falling and falling all the way to zero. This equation has four factors, a little bit of multiplication. So you've got a thing on the left, CO2, that you want to get to zero. And that's going to be based on the number of people, the services each person's using on average, the energy on average for each service, and the CO2 being put out uh, per unit of energy. So let's look at each one of these and see how we can get this down to zero. Uh, probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. Uh, that's back from high school algebra. But let's, let's take a look. Uh, first, we've got population. Uh, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. But there we see an increase of uh, about 1.3. New vaccines, new vaccines, new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services. We could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. He admits vaccines will be used to lower the population by about 10 to 15 percent. Go figure, right? And listen to this clown. Boris Johnson's father, Stanley. Port, which you've just referred to, mm. Molly, is so extremely important because the idea it is getting across is that there's a global carbon budget out mm. there. You know, it is 40 billion tons, gigatons a year. And if we don't keep to that, actually, we've got to, go, we, we've got to shave that down year after year. We run out of steam by... By 2030, you know, so it's absolutely vital. But this is all kind of based on modelling, isn't it? So we, so we do these modelling. So, so trust the scientists is what they're saying, right? So, like, take a listen to this part, this same guy. Boris Johnson's father. Tears through Russian bioweapons lab containing smallpox, Ebola, listen and to this. HIV virus, sparking major emergency. That is absolutely wonderful, because as an environmentalist, I say to myself, the best possible news would be some mega emergency which got rid of huge chunks of the human race. Did you hear that? This is Boris Johnson, the head of the, you know, the, the prime minister of the United Kingdom once upon a time until Rishi Shunak uh, won unelected as a globalist. Um, and this is Boris Johnson's father, Stanley Johnson, saying a huge nuclear explosion would be great for the population. Explosion tears through Russian bioweapons lab containing smallpox, or Ebola, COVID, right? and bioweapons lab. virus, sparking major emergency. That is absolutely wonderful because as an environmentalist, I say to myself, the best possible news would be some mega emergency which got rid of huge chunks of the human race. <laughs> Add as a corollary 
to that. You have to get population under control as well, because if you look at it in sheer economic terms, how can you sustain increases in per capita income at a time when you have rising population without rising economic growth? Whereas if you have a declining um, population, which is what I would aim for, then of course even a stable economic growth situation will give you increases in per capita income. So that's where I stand on do you, that. Do you, do you have a sense of what the carrying capacity of Britain is or of the, uh, uh, of the world as a whole? Or? Well, Britain, I'd put it at 10 or 15 million. Um, I, mean, <laughs> I think that'd be absolutely fine. I mean, that would do us really splendidly. At, at, at a limit, 2025, I think it's complete nonsense that we are now confronted with an islander, would you believe it, of 70 million, 70 million people. I wrote a paper, I think it's the only paper the Conservative Party has ever published, and it was published as an old Queen Street paper in, in June mm. 1972, oddly enough, and it was called uh, Britain Needs a Population Policy. And, um, and you, you could still argue that today, I mean, right now? I certainly could, I certainly could, but what has happened, of course, is that we have all been, as it were, shunted aside, off shunted so, you know, and then Klaus Schwab is complaining uh, that, uh, you know, he's complaining that uh, people, the middle class is pushing back too hard. But, you know, this is some disturbing stuff. This depopulation stuff is very disturbing. And, you know, and the climate thing is all a part of control, controlling you. And, uh, you know, I had this one clip I wanted to share with you. Uh, if I could find it, but uh, you know, it's just absolutely absurd that these crazy liberal ideas are being pushed to the front of the media group, and you gotta you gotta know that uh, um, it's because oh, it's because well, that brings us to the end of the show. It's because of the uh, they want to they want to control the world, and they want to control the population. Yeah, you know, I had this. Uh, I had this one clip I was going to end the show with, um, and it is uh, the when Greta Thunberg says, "If you want to control the world, you got to control the banks. You got to, you know, save the world. You save the banks." And I just thought, "Wow, that kid is out to lunch." And they have this climate tart, a person that believes the climate can be changed by paying a CO two tax to the government. Yeah, that that's true. Um, and the other one is uh, trees. There is a magic machine that sucks carbon out of the air, costs very little, and builds itself. It's called a tree. So anyway, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out org. Make a donation if you can to help keep Scott Adams Show commercial-free. Use Red State over at MyPillow.com. Right and we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> 